Let's go for a walk. If we just did a general tour, then okay. that would be just a really great idea to introduce you to some of the critters. Yeah. Okay. Encountering more than 200 animals within the scope of about an hour. Impossible occurrence. That's easy peasy. Not here. Inside Bush Wildlife Sanctuary. Episode 3 The Walk. The walk. This is episode three of Inside Bush Wildlife Sanctuary. I'm David C. Guggenheim. This month, we're going to go for a walk. And we're going to meet some of the animals that you'll find at Bush Wildlife Sanctuary. Now, we're not going to be able to meet them all, but we're going to do our best to give you a flavor of what it's like to be inside Bush Wildlife Sanctuary. We're also going to meet another very special animal, this time a little bit unexpected. And we're going to be getting to know the executive director, Amy Kite, a little bit better. If it's the first Monday of the month, it's Inside Bush Wildlife Sanctuary. Walking into bush was a mix of eerie quiet on the human front, juxtaposed against the frantic excitement on entering the animal world. The executive director, Amy Kite, had agreed to show me around her sanctuary, and she offered to be my guide, walking me through the twisting trails under the heavy canopy in the swamps of Jupiter, Florida, introducing me to all the residents. So he's right out front here, one of the one of the first animals you see as you come in. He is, and it's funny because um, this is Babette and Merlin. Oh, hi, Romeo. Her name is Lucy slash Lucifer. Timmy, Friendly, Penny, our raccoons. It took me only moments to realize Amy knew all these animals, and they know her. And as we walked around, not only did I get a deep appreciation for these animals, I got an appreciation for the specific creatures who all have a story. A story like this. We're being watched. Every move we make. Watched by an amazing creature. A northern crested caracara. This one happens to be named Buckshot. Helping me get to know this amazing creature is Rebecca. Can we go, go in? And, we can. And... Sure. So let's okay. just step on over here. Just sure. be careful. Sure. My name is Rebecca. I am the education director here at Bush Wildlife Sanctuary. Um, so basically what I do is uh, organize tours, programs, help to create programs, and just generally speak about the animals and teach people. It's a lot of fun. So with the northern crested caracara, when you're there at Bush, how do you spot them? A little bit of an odd looking bird, mainly because they're not that common here in Florida. And when people see it, they're like, what is that? Is that a, a, an eagle? Is it a hawk? Is it a vulture? But for the record, it's a falcon. A lot of people will first notice the bright orange face that they have. No feathers at all. If you get really close to her, you'll notice she has little black hairs on her face. A bluish colored beak, which is really, really neat. Um, a used car salesman hairdo 
is what I like to say she has. <laughs> and then they have that beautiful speckled chest. The Crested Caracara is a bird of prey. And what I like to say about birds of prey is that they all have really good vision. They have a powerful beak that they use like a knife and a fork to tear apart their food. And then what really distinguishes them are their feet. They have these claws on the end called talons and they're going to grab and grasp their prey with those feet, with those talons. Buckshot is training to be an education animal, which means she will work closely with educators like Rebecca in communicating and interacting with the patrons of the sanctuary. I mean, she's very new to the education world. Uh, she has only been training with us since April. This is a fearsome looking bird here. This is a large falcon with a huge beak. And when they become education animals, they get up close and personal with you and me. How do you make sure that a bird is suited for that? First, it starts kind of with temperament, just to see if the animal is okay with people versus not. Mm -hmm. um, this is a 100% wild bird. Um, wasn't kept as a pet or anything like that. Um, so she is still, you can see, she's a little bit on the nervous side, a little weary of people. Yeah. Um, so we started the process of training her um, actually by tethering her down, just like you see here, and using food as motivation. <laughs> a lot of food. A lot of food as motivation. So using food as motivation allows Buckshot to get comfortable and calmer around people. And very soon you might be able to meet her one-on-one. -on -one. She's going to be added to the rotation very soon, but when you come to our amphitheater programs, it's always a surprise as to what animal it is. Um, so she's not always there at Tuesday at two o'clock. Right. Um, but if you do want to see Buckshot, you are more than welcome to stop by and check out the alcove and see if she happens to be on display. Okay, awesome, excellent. As we continued our walk around bush wildlife, Executive Director Amy Kite could identify and explain to me about each and every species we encounter. She had something specific to say about all the animals, from the impressive bears and panthers down to the lowly, lowly possum. They just get a bad reputation for really no reason. People see that, that tail with no fur and they automatically think they're like ugly. Right. right. Or a big rat. Big rat. Oh, yep, big rat. They always go big rat. It's like, no, they're actually really, really cool. And that's the thing about Amy and that's the thing about her take on science. Not only does she have the opinion that it's cool, she has the facts, stats, and background of the animals to make it cool for everyone else. They don't carry rabies. They're immune to snake venom. They're the only marsupial in North America. Like... They deserve a medal, not you. A marsupial in the United States? I bet you didn't know that. And did you know why they do this? If a possum gets scared, they play dead. And it's a chemical reaction in their brain that causes them to basically pass out. It's uncontrolled. So if they see a car coming at them, instead of running, they pass out. That is a perfect example of the type of education that not only Amy, her educators, and even their volunteers that hang out around the sanctuary are able to offer patrons who are walking around the sanctuary. As we continued our walk through Bush Wildlife Sanctuary, we came across so many different creatures, from an alligator to panthers, bald eagles, and she had a story for every single one. 
Those are, these are bobcats. Okay. Yeah. The reason for that is, so snakes, so there's a mixed bag in here. Yeah. <laughs> these are two of my noisier ones. Okay. He wants to land on your head. <laughs> so who is Amy Kite? And where did her absolute love and devotion to animals come from? You might think that she grew up in a house filled with animals. You'd be wrong. I was born at Bethesda Hospital in Boynton, and I grew up in Lantana. My parents still live in the same house that I came home from the hospital. Just like I said, it's very white picket fence, firefighter, child, you know, the whole thing. And did, did you have a lot of animals in your home? No. No? <laughs> really? No. The only thing missing in her picket fence situation was actually having a pet, which came to them under tragic circumstances. My father was very badly injured in the line of duty as a firefighter and um, burnt terribly. And so the fire department thought, what a great get well gift, a Dalmatian puppy. So after a questionable gift of a dog, Amy soon acquired a cat. A stray cat showed up and I started feeding it. But it wasn't until she was six years old that Amy's true destiny began to show itself. Is this true that you began working for a local vet when you were six? Yes. How did that happen? (laughs) It sounds so bizarre now. In the time of liability and everything, it sounds crazy. A family friend who happened to be a vet used to have lunch with Amy and her father every Saturday. And we would always go to the same little restaurant. They, in that little strip mall, opened up a dog grooming place. And I went in, and I'm only five foot tall now. I was just a tiny little toe-head, blonde hair, blue-eyed, nothing of a kid. And I went in, and I said, I'd like a job. And I went, and they just, oh, gosh, she's so cute. Oh, and they just started laughing at me. You know, I mean, it was just like, you're, you're a child. Devastated, her dad's friend, the vet, took pity on Amy and made her an offer that most six-year-old kids wouldn't live up to. Saturday morning, we're going to work yet? Let's go. Come on, time to go. And my dad took me over and figured, okay, I'll sit in the parking lot. You'll be out in half an hour. Nope. I stayed there into my 20s. Really? Yeah. (laughs) While she stayed in school, she also kept volunteering and volunteering and later working. And when I was in college, when I first started going to college, I was working at the vet's office. And um, I I left there soon after because what ended up happening was when I was like 19, 20, all of the animals I grew up with as a child were now older themselves. And they were passing away or unfortunately coming in, you know, to be put down. And it was just like, why am I crying all the time? Like, this is ridiculous. And that's when I, I got into wildlife, actually. That's when I started volunteering at wildlife. I started volunteering at a place that no longer exists called Ocean Impact. And then um, one day somebody didn't show up for their shift. And they're like, do you want a job? Yeah, I want a job. And I think I made like $6 an hour. I made it. I have a, I have a paid job in, in wildlife. I'm good. And my parents were like, whoa, 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 like time out. But there was no time out for Amy, not when it came to animals or working with wildlife. I got here because I worked with the animals, and if you want to say I climbed the ladder or whatever, but it's great that if I hear on the radio, hey, we got a problem with one of our raccoons, I'm not looking for somebody else to go out and take care of it. I can go out and take care of it. And I think that's of the utmost importance. One, it keeps me happy to get away from the darn computer and all that junk, but also to show the staff that... I can do it. I can take care of it. Yeah, I'm a certified veterinary technician myself. I went back to school in my 30s to make it happen. I think at the end of the day, the way I look at it is I'm responsible for making sure that the animals and the staff are taken care of while 
performing the mission that we've stated the community we're going to do. I never wanted, if you will, to be the executive director. I just wanted to work with animals. And then over time, the road just kind of takes you different ways. And the day that I was named the executive director, I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, you just gave the keys to the castle to a child. Like, my favorite thing to do is still to go out and play in the dirt. <laughs> like, are you joking? Um, so, how did Buckshot, the northern crested Caracara, how did Buckshot end up at Bush Wildlife? It happened after the sound of a gun. She originally came into Bush Wildlife Sanctuary injured. Um, someone came, brought her in, um, found her kind of down and out. And after doing some x-rays on her, we found out that she was shot. Uh, we're not sure if it's BBs or actual buckshot. However, um, one of the pieces did hit her wrist. So her wrist has been fractured. So she cannot completely fly properly. And um, she still actually has some buckshot in her and also in her leg as well. So for people thinking about shooting a bird that sometimes is considered a nuisance bird, can you do it? It is not legal. It's, it's 100% illegal. They're actually protected under a federal act. We call them our animal ambassadors because they're here to teach you about them. Um, I always have these kind of one-on-one -on -one conversations with these animals on their best day, on their worst day, and I say, you are doing such a good thing for your species to teach all the humans that come through our doors about you, to care about you, to learn about you, and then maybe one day they'll want to help them. Once again, Amy Kite. My parents were very much like, oh, one dog is fine. One cat's fine. I'm like, no, I want them all. Like, you know that show, The Duggars, where there's like 19 kids? That's what yeah. I want. I want like just puppies and puppies and kittens. And they're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, and Amy well. is not kidding. I've been to her home. There are a lot of animals she's taken in. So what, what do we have at home? I'm not going to give numbers. Okay. <laughs> Dogs, cats, horses, donkeys, birds, which include parrots, chickens. Um, our turkey passed away about a week ago, so I don't have a turkey right oh, now. Sorry. And she was a rescue, and so I have no idea how old she was when we got her. But um, Pigs, tortoises, kinkajous, a porcupine. That's it. See, it's not much. It's nothing. No. Porcupine at the end. I know, the oh. Barnaby, our little circus freak. <laughs> and every single one of them, a rescue. Pretty much all, well, they're all rescues. Um, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I paid adoption fees and things like that, you know, but they were all ones that came our way because somebody couldn't take care of them anymore, I need to get rid of them. They are all rescues. And that brings us to our next installment, episode four, The Rescues. That's going to do it for this month's edition of Inside Bush Wildlife Sanctuary. For more information on Bush Wildlife, go to bushwildlife.org. Or you could reach them for any reason, 24 hours a day, on their hotline. Especially if you found a sick or injured animal. 
So if that describes you, call 561-575-3399. So the next time you find yourself at Bush Wildlife Sanctuary, find the Owl Cove and look out for Buckshot and let her stare you down too. Also, don't forget to visit our Patreon page. We appreciate support of any kind. And please tell your friends and family about this podcast. Sharing is always appreciated. This has been Inside Bush Wildlife Sanctuary. I'm David C. Guggenheim. Don't waste it. This has been a production of someone talked media.com.